Hi, everyone. Welcome back to PTPOV. It's Carly, and I am here with Maggie and Kara. On this month's episode, we are going to be talking about something that's kind of important to a group of people who share a profession, and that is getting a job. <laughs> um, so, yeah, important. We are uh, going to discuss our experiences in job searching, interviews, and negotiation to help you navigate finding a job, whether it's your first big kid job or your fifth. Um, we are the first to admit that we are not experts. However, I was birthed by an expert. So stay <laughs> tuned to the end of the podcast where I'm going to give three hot tips from a hirer, aka my angel mother, Linda Kay, um, to get a real HR perspective on negotiating. So uh, let's get started. Kara, what's on your mind? Well, I was thinking about this yesterday because we finally got a monsoon here in Arizona and it was super exciting. However, since having a dog who hates rain and thunderstorms, it is now like a whole thing where you have to give him a bunch of CBD treats, put on his thunder vest. And thunder then vest? For... Oh, yes. <laughs> he has a thunder vest? <laughs> it's supposed to be comforting. And according to the instructions... It's like, it's like, a, just like a giant hug. And a lot of dogs will almost like immediately just like lay down and maybe sleep in a place that they don't, don't normally sleep in. Connor was like a weighted blanket. Pretty much. Yes. Oh. And Connor was not like that. And he barked for hours and hours. And we mm. had to turn on like both of our TVs and our sound machine. Andrew ended up having to like sleep on the couch to be by him because we still oh, have no. the baby gate up for the cats. <laughs> oh, but, and then on top of that, we're like, oh, that means like cooler, cooler weather is going to be coming. It was still 112 today, but TBD for the next week or so. And the temps are supposed to drop, but yeah, that's pretty much on my mind. <laughs> we feel your pain, Kara. We actually have to medicate Buckley before it storms <gasps> because he does weird things like open the dryer and take the clothes out <laughs> or pull things down huh. from hangers, destroy things. Yeah, he is just anxiety and dog form every time (laughs) and we live in yeah in south carolina in august it could like be blue skies and then absolutely like lose its mind thunderstorm so i look outside and it's raining i'm like "Hmm, i wonder what weird stuff buckley's doing today (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh man poor buddy how about you megs Well, I recently actually took a new job working with tactical athletes, which is very fitting for today's episode. Um, But it's, it's funny that I just, I've been at this last job, previous job for about two and a half years. And it's been a while since I've been like the new kid on the block and onboarding and all of that stuff. And I definitely, definitely don't miss those days. But I wanted to explain a little bit why I I made the decision to leave because it was a very hard decision, Uh, but I have still just very fond and nothing but good things to say about Honor Health. But ultimately, I was ready to try something new, and I think that my new gig is going to be a good fit, so I'm excited about it, Um, but it's... It's definitely challenging learning a whole new documentation system, learning a bunch of new names and yeah, just ultimately like trying to figure out how to do your job again. Cause you show up and you're like, do I remember how to do this? Um, <laughs> just did it last week, but we'll find out. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of changes over here, but good things. Yay, Megs. <laughs> whoop, whoop. 
I saw a meme that said starting a new job is like joining a sitcom in the third season. Yeah, (laughs) that's how I feel. (laughs) Carly, what's on your mind? Um, you know, I, uh, I had a birthday this week. Um, Yeah, you did. Not a big, exciting one. It's 29 last birthday of the decade. However, um, I have to sad chuckle at myself because I woke up with a different ailment every single day, the week leading up to my birthday, (laughs) (laughs) something else hurt. Something else was sick. Um, it was a really rough reminder that like 30 is going to hurt. It's not so bad. Yeah, that's nice of you to say as I turn 30 in like nine days. So, <laughs> well, you know what? Get you some Rude. Tums, Tums, Biofreeze. Um, like a, you need a purse Tylenol and a car Tylenol and also a house Tylenol. Upstairs Tylenol, downstairs Tylenol. That's what I learned. That's what the week leading up to 29 taught me. Tylenol in all locations. <laughs> we we don't have stairs to have an upstairs and a downstairs Tylenol, so it's fair. You should try one story house. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, yeah save money. Problem. I don't have a first floor <laughs> setup. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Should we dive in? Yes. So let's start from the beginning. Um, where did you guys look when you first started job searching? recently or way back in the good old 2020 um where do you guys look (laughs) that's a heavy question especially going back to first job hunting during residency with residency coming to an end and then covid hitting and everybody being on a hiring freeze Mm -hmm. yeah that was less than enjoyable yes (laughs) weird experience (laughs) right before COVID was CSM in Denver. So I feel like that's where I did a lot of just like networking, going to all of the booths of all of the hiring companies all over the country. Cause at that point I wasn't pinned down to one specific location. And I was just like blowing up with emails and like inquiries for interviews and then COVID hit and crickets. Mm -hmm. Like everything that I had worked so hard for during like that CSM and networking leading up to CSM was just like gone. And then at that point, a couple of people I was still in contact with were like, well, we still do need a pelvic therapist. So I was at least able to get some that way. And I was looking on LinkedIn and indeed, and there was just, there was no physical therapist jobs at all. Mm. So that was really challenging. (laughs) Yeah. I, I definitely looked on Indeed and LinkedIn too. Uh, The other thing that I knew was I wanted to work for a hospital-based outpatient system and which again, hiring freeze usually (laughs) happened in the hospitals for sure. But in addition to Indeed and LinkedIn, I would actually go on the hospital's website and like search for their careers. And I felt like that was a good way to kind of keep tabs on what was real and what might be like an old listing that was still like up on indeed or sometimes they'll post something on indeed for a formality but really they're giving it to an internal candidate but they have to post it for like job fairness or whatever so that was another strategy I used and then the last thing I did was I was similar to Kara where I wasn't really tied down anywhere specific but I would actually like, I call cold called some clinics. Like, I mean, again, this was 2020 and <laughs> things <times>. were bleak, <laughs> Please, but I actually like called a few clinics that 
I knew of in a city that I was interested in moving and was like, Hey, I'm looking to move for the, to the area. Are you looking for a therapist? And sometimes it actually worked out really well. And sometimes it didn't. Um, but I feel like in those situations, you kind of just have to like have a little confidence and no shame and sort of just like put yourself out there. But did you look anywhere different, Carly? No, I was, I was going to say the exact same thing, made a bunch of contacts at CSM and they all froze down. Oh, um, damn. So then I hit um, Indeed and LinkedIn and just a flat out Google search, please, neurophysical therapist anywhere, <laughs> will travel. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, just what Maggie said, like searching at the actual hospitals, I have found is like this hospital system doesn't list anything on LinkedIn or indeed, but I, I see that they have four jobs posted when I go on their website. So, right. Yeah. I actually, because of COVID moved to Phoenix sight unseen, mm-hmm. like never been to Phoenix before because <laughs> they weren't doing in-person interviews and they weren't doing in-person apartment tours. And it was still very scary to get on an airplane. And like, why would I fly there? to like get in an Uber with another stranger to like not see anything that I Because I already lived here. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, I knew a few people and I was like, yeah, you know what? We'll just roll the dice. And here I am. Here you are. And I did the same thing. In the oven. Yeah, in you did. Oven. That's true. We're in the swamp. <laughs> sauna. We're in the sauna. That's <laughs> lovely. Um, so as far as what after you were searching what what do you guys look for like if you're a brand new grad looking for job postings is there anything specific that you look for in the postings because i feel like they're all copy pasted yep this is what a physical therapist does do you want to be that physical therapist (laughs) that's what's so funny being like a pelvic health therapist because you'll get people reaching out to you on indeed and linkedin and they're all the copy paste where they're like your resume is super impressive. Be a home health therapist or work in a sniff. And it's like, you clearly did not read my resume at all. If you're trying to hire me for a completely different specialty. So anything that was like women's health, pelvic health, it was like, heck yeah. And those were all (laughs) usually very legit. (laughs) That's funny. I agree with you, Carly. I feel like they're fairly generic. Um, A lot of times I feel like the salaries aren't even accurate. And it's like, they're like, hey, up to a hundred thousand dollars. And you're like, hell yeah. And then they go, oh, I'll give you 60,000. And you're like, what? Excuse me? (laughs) Here's a $30,000 salary range. You could be in it. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I feel like those don't really. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I feel like neuro's hard because I have one time seen a job posting that was actually like for a neurologic physical therapist one time. Um, so I had to go, you know, neuro neurologic inpatient rehab, inpatient mm-hmm. neuro, uh, brains, um, spine, spinal physical therapist, spinal cord, um, <laughs> like just throwing words in there. Cause it's hard, but I think I ultimately hit the point where I stopped like being so keen on the description and just like I'm gonna apply for it and they're gonna call Mm -hmm. me and they're gonna tell me that it's nothing like what I want and then I'm gonna say thanks for calling bye yeah and that's why they do the phone call like from the HR first at big hospital systems generally you'll get your first interview quote-unquote with HR and they basically just want to make sure it's like what you want it to be but 
I agree, Carly. Like I threw my, I threw my name out in a lot of directions. And sometimes they were like, actually we're looking for acute care. Like sometimes they don't specify whether it's outpatient or acute. And so I would just apply. And then if they call and they say, oh, it's for acute care. I'm like, nah, never mind. Um, move on. But I actually asked Henry this morning um, on a, from an inpatient standpoint, and he said that he would Google the hospital and look at the hospital size and like what level trauma center it was and stuff like that to make sure it like fit what he was looking for. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good inpatient, inpatient tidbit. For sure. and that's exactly what Andrew did too, yeah. because he, he doesn't particularly like the ortho floor. So there was a job opening at a different hospital and he looked up the hospital and he's like, oh, they seem very ortho heavy and he decided not to go for it. So same vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So let's fast forward. We have now searched for a job. We have found a job that fits our characteristics. And now we have an interview. Um tips anything come to mind right away when you're thinking about interview tips do you do either of you guys do interviews or hire i did residency interviews residency yeah so what's the tips what's the (laughs) t fill it um i this is very much different applying for a job versus residency because hopefully you know what you're getting into when you're applying (laughs) for residency but i feel like as we were saying like when the job posting is very vague like the interview if you make it to the past the HR stuff and you're interviewing with a manager, I feel like it's very important for you to make sure like you are highlighting who you are as a PT and kind of figuring out who they are as an organization and not necessarily like wanting it so bad that you're just like, I'll take it, whatever you give me, but like actually interviewing them and making sure like you're staying true to yourself and you're not trying to pretend like you're what they think that they want you to be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that's really easy to see through if you don't, if you're trying to kind of pretend like, you know, what you're talking about to fit what you think they want versus like, no, this is the way I treat, like, what population do you see? Like, what styles do your therapists treat? Sort of questions like that. So I guess that's maybe like an end of interview tip, not necessarily how to get through like the hard questions, but all interview tips are accepted during the okay, good. Of, the, of the program. <laughs> I think even just honesty in general during an interview, if you're interviewing for a job is really, really important because one, obviously they can see through you. Like if they're like, oh yes, we hire you. And then you start working and then it's like, oh no, this isn't exactly what you said at all. But I think just recognizing too, that physical therapy in general is a really, really, really small world. So if you say something inappropriate or you say the wrong thing, like people talk (laughs) and it's just a really small community. So just making sure you're not rubbing anybody the wrong way. It's like, you can be honest, but you can also still be a kind human being in doing so. Yeah. I, um, this is crazy timing and I promise I'm not making this up for funsies. My student texted me at 7.02 PM and said, I have some interviews. Do you have any tips? So funny. <laughs> I, I promise. Aww. So like my first one, and as a team lead, I am involved in a lot of the hiring for therapists. My first and biggest one is just like confidence is so important. Like fake it till you make it. Um, because I've had some interviews where, especially new grads, you come in and, and even if you don't 
know the best answer, know this, but like saying, I am confident that I could find the answer. I am confident that I could learn that I could become, you know, this, if it's something that you're passionate about being confident, I think goes a long way for me as an interviewer. Um, and then I said, uh, come prepared with like real questions that are important. I feel like so many people are like, what does scheduling look like? And what does your day-to-day look like? And I want to know, like, what's important to you? Ask me right now. I'm a physical therapist doing the job that you want. What's important for you to know? Um, And I think that that's, you know, that says a lot, the questions that you bring to the table. I 100% agree. I think if you do have questions about how many hours a week, are you working eight or tens? Are you like doing one-on-one patient care? Are you double booked, especially in the outpatient setting? I would leave those for like the very end and ask your really deep, important questions first, because it shows what is important to you because workplace culture and values, like first and foremost, that should be what you're looking for is a good fit for you in your life. And then secondary is like, okay, what's my schedule going to be? So I, yeah, I completely agree with that. I also think that in addition to confidence, like having a really strong introduction helps that isn't too long. I've done some interviews where I don't know if they just weren't prepared to be asked, like, tell me about yourself, but (laughs) be prepared to answer, like, just to tell me about yourself in like confident and concise manner. Because I feel like it shows a lot if you're like, oh, well, I I went to college and then PT school and now I'm interviewing and you're like, are you a person outside of physical <laughs> therapy? <laughs> That's a way harder question than it should be. <laughs> right. Which is why you need to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. I actually think having a few details about yourself that are outside of therapy are good to have somewhere so that again they know that you're like a real person and not just a robot a human who is a physical therapist yeah <laughs> therapist exactly. first language if you will. exactly <laughs> so mags you mentioned the important questions do you have like one for sure that you always ask or something that's super important to you as an example i think so when i was interviewing for jobs during residency I interviewed at a job that I found out that the therapists there were very one-sided, like they were a McKinsey therapist or they were a Maitland therapist in the ortho world. And I don't treat that way. I mean, I treat evidence-based and I treat like a combination of them all, taking the best parts of all the different like schools of thought. And so I think a good question would be asking about like, what the therapist how the therapists treat in a tactful manner so you could ask like um what modalities they have available if any because that will tell you like if they do ultrasound or something that's kind of a sham I mean a peer-to-peer interview would probably be more appropriate for this like ask actually talking to the therapist about like schools of thought and ways that they treat but kind of something getting along the lines of that of are you manual therapy focused? Are you Therex focused? Are you a combination of both? That was good. That was good. Any come to your mind, Kara? What deep and important questions to ask deep and during an interview? Questions. Deep yes. and important questions. They must be deep and important. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think because honestly, like when I interviewed for my current job, like it wasn't much of an interview. It was just kind of like, 
when can you start? <laughs> so it was really lucky. And I don't remember a whole lot about my first interview because like the job that I had before my current job, I had actually done a clinical rotation there. So I already knew their values and their culture and kind of what the day-to-day was going to look like, even though I did an ortho rotation there and I didn't know as much about what a pelvic health job would look there. But I learned very quickly that their values did not in fact align with mine and they actually changed their values very quickly once I started. And that's, that leads into why I left that job, but (laughs) yeah, I know that, um, when Henry was interviewing for jobs in Phoenix, he often asked about like the relationship with the occupational therapist from an inpatient and acute perspective of like, how much co-treating is there, how much non-co-treating, and there's pros and cons to both, of course. Um, Like, do you guys, like, what's the relation, what's the culture like? And I remember there was one job he applied for that the therapist responded like, oh, well, we wave to each other in the hallway. (laughs) And then there was another job that was like, oh, yeah, like, we have social events, like, we, like, are really close, and like, we'll, go out on weekends or whatever or have you know get togethers or baby showers when there's a baby and he was like well that was a clear difference (laughs) yeah Yeah. you can tell by how someone answers that question if it's like oh a really good culture if it's like I want this person to work here yeah I'm going to say our culture is great like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you when you're interviewing and I know I kind of already touched on this, but like, make sure that you're sort of interviewing them as well. And this, it's tough when you like really need a job because maybe you care a little bit less and you just like need the paycheck. But in a situation where you're already currently working a job and you're interviewing for a new job, it's like you, you hold the power because you already have a job, like make sure it's a good fit for you and make sure that yeah, you have, you know, as much as you can before going into it versus throwing yourself desperately at it is probably not the best move. For sure. All right. Well, we're fast forwarding again. We have just, just slammed our interview out of the park. They want us. (laughs) Let's talk about the, the cha-ching, the money. Um, this is, and we kind of talked about this before, I feel like salary negotiating is not like a super strong, like I totally got this for physical therapists as people who don't get a lot of, we don't get a ton on like marketing ourselves and that kind of aspect. So I knew I felt super uncomfortable negotiating. Um, so let's talk about it. Um, did you guys... Did you negotiate when you were getting new jobs? How'd you do it? How did you do it in a way that was successful? Hopefully? Question mark. I feel like when I was looking for jobs and interviewing for like the th- two or three jobs that I had as potential options during COVID right out of residency, I looked at Ben Fung's like, oh, I think it's called like UpDoc Media like type information and it gives you information on average salaries like per state in the United States and per setting like it breaks it down a lot so one of the jobs that I interviewed for was in Alaska and 
even coming out of residency, it was still like, I am not a new grad. Residency still counts as more experience than somebody that otherwise just had a year of experience or no experience at all. And I used that information because I had no idea anything about Alaska. I've never been, I've never lived. And I was able to negotiate a salary and they're like, that is kind of high, but they actually like sat and thought about it. And they're like, you know what? Like, we think that it would be worth it if you came and we would accept that. So I negotiated a $90,000 salary out of residency, but. And then you didn't take it. Wow. Because it was in <laughs> Fairbanks, Alaska. Understood. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I could maybe do that for like a year or so. And then Andrew was the one to be like, Kara, you <laughs> hate winter and you get so depressed <laughs> not seeing the sun. Like, do you realize how little sun you're going to see in the winter in Alaska? He's like, I can't let you do it. And so at the end of the day, I I did turn it down, but I was very honest with them too. I was like, I am looking at a couple of other locations, like in different States. And they were totally happy that I was being upfront with them. So they're like, okay, just keep us posted. And like I did. So it was very like good terms. I was just like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And they're like, that's fine. We understand. And then the job that I ended up taking, I also negotiated a little bit of a higher salary because they told me what the base rate was. And I was like, listen, I have residency experience and I know none of your pelvic health therapists have residency experience. And I don't think any of them at the time even had their WCS, which I was about to sit for. And so they gave me three grand above what they had initially offered me and I accepted. However, once I moved from Omaha to Phoenix to start working this job, like one month into this job, they're like, we're actually paying, we're paying our therapists differently starting in the new year, like a couple months later. And so they told us what the new base was and how you would get more money from there. And I was like, oh, so now the base is what you had originally offered me. And I said, no. And I renegotiated this higher rate. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, so this is not a legally binding contract. And they're like, technically no. And wow. I was like, okay. Yeah. So it was like, when you say I have to give four weeks notice before I leave, that's also technically not legally binding either. Correct. And they're like, technically no. And I was like, okay, just checking. And oh, I started <laughs> looking for new jobs. <laughs> Mic drop. So that was Just that was a checking. private practice clinic. It was a private okay. practice clinic, yes. Okay, because I was going to, my next question for both of you were, have either of you been able to negotiate with a hospital? No. <laughs> no. Yes, but we are not hospital-based the way that we are our own hospital. Oh, okay, you guys are like hospital. independent. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like independent yes we're like else. corporate owned but okay it not like a like a regional yeah because from yeah. from my experience especially coming in as a new grad with or even out of residency like it's going to be really really challenging to negotiate with a hospital and outpatient especially because a orthotherapist is like a dime a dozen these days so they're like well we'll just pay somebody else like the next applicant who will accept this offer i yeah i have been unsuccessful with that however i did have the opportunity to have to negotiate for my new job within like a 10 grand range is what the is what the listing was and originally i was thinking like i was very imposter syndrome i was like i don't have any experience with tactical athletes i'm going to come in low but then I actually 
on my site visit to the place that I am working now, one of the other therapists just started working there. And he was actually the one that encouraged me. He's like, you have your OCS and like you have you residency trained and you have this many years of experience. Like, no, you should go in with what you think is fair. Like, don't sell yourself short. And I didn't. And I went in with what I thought was fair. And he was like, sure. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) okay. Like, so if I would have said five grand less, you probably also would have said, sure. Like, (laughs) so I, I do encourage everyone, like have a little confidence going into it. Hospitals are going to pay you lower if you have less experience. However, they still get reimbursed the same amount of money when you bill one unit of Therax as somebody who's had 40 years of experience as somebody who's had two. So like, that's kind of the hard part in our profession, but there has to be some sort of a, a graded scale to ever, if you ever want to raise, but that also like, I know it's a little controversial, but I really do think like talking to other people who work in your area, like if you are living and working in Denver and you know, other therapists that work there, like maybe ask them what they make and try and do it in a really nice way of not competitive, but just trying to know what I'm worth in this market. Um, The same coworker actually told me that I could negotiate PTO for this new job. And I ended up negotiating like twice as much. I would have never known that otherwise, if I wouldn't have had a conversation with him about it. So it's uncomfortable and it can be a little bit taboo in certain situations, but for me, it really paid off. Uh, so it's literally something at least, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely something to consider for sure. Okay. Next, I'm just going to ask questions cause I can't participate in this segment. Um, let's talk about finding a new job and how that compares to finding your first big kid job. So as someone who's still at their first big kid job, um, <laughs> you guys kind of what, what made you look and how was it different than the first time when you were just tossing things into Google? Tossing things into Google. Well, I guess when I <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking for my next job, I even though I knew once they had told me everything about like my salary changing and essentially they were going to pay me less than what I had negotiated when I first started. It's like I already knew I was going to be looking for another job, but it was still 2020. So nobody still was hiring. So I was just looking online. I was on the APTA website. I was on LinkedIn. I was an Indeed, just like looking for jobs. And the first pelvic health job that popped up was my current job, but it was only PRN. It was not a full-time position. And I waited like a week to see if anything else was going to pop up. Cause I was like, maybe this is a sign that more jobs are going to come about. And there was other one other job that I did apply for too that was full-time, but it was another private practice clinic. And even though the clinic owner was very, 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 very nice and I ended up getting a job for another friend there, I was like, I think I need to try a hospital-based job. Also just thinking about public service loan forgiveness and things like that. So I talked to, I applied for the job and they kind of explained what it meant. They were like, it's not going to be necessarily PRN like as needed. We're actually looking to start pelvic health at one of our clinics. So that was the other thing too, is that if I had just like not even applied, cause I was like, I can't do a PRN job. I would never have known that. And by doing that, I was able to build it into a full-time job. But at that point too, the interview was kind of just HR. And then when I talked to my supervisor after that, for the second interview, it was just like, 
okay, like we want you. This is kind of what we're thinking. Is that a location that works for you? And I was like, yeah. And I was literally on the phone with the supervisor while I was at my last job. At that point, I was just like so over it. I was like, I'm ready to get out of here. But mm-hmm. it ended up working out for the best because I was able to get that job and I was able to build it into a full-time job. And here I am and I'm still there. <laughs> on a completely different note, like I wasn't actually actively looking to leave my job. And this job that I have now just sort of fell into my lap through connections that I had made through residency and just like other friends that I have had. And when said individual wanted to call me and say like, hey, I'd love to like chat with you more about this position. I was very straight up with her and I was like, hey, I I have a job that I like right now. I'm not looking to leave, but I'll hear you out. And then I heard her out. I was like, well... (laughs) maybe I am interested. So for me, it was more of a lesson of like keeping your radar on, if that makes sense, like not closing doors. And that was not a situation where I, yeah, I didn't, I hadn't decided that I was leaving my current job and it was still a very, very challenging decision to make. But I think that if I would have been like completely closed off to it, I would have never learned about an opportunity that probably was a good move for me personally. Um, so that, yeah, just a little bit different of a, of a perspective versus Carly over here. Who's just chilling. Yeah. (laughs) Chilling. (laughs) Um, uh, this is a purely curiosity question from again, someone who's still at their first job. Uh, how you, how did you like schedule interviews? Did you like take the day off? Did you do it like after work hours? Like (laughs) it's so hard, so hard. For me, I was interviewing with a company that the headquarters is based on the East Coast. So I could not do it after hours because after hours for them is like midnight. Um, <laughs> so I had to I had to do it at work and I I tried to schedule as much as I could over a lunch break and I would go outside and try and like find a quiet area to speak. But I would also explain to there were a few times I was late to the phone call and I explained to who I was speaking with like hey I'm at my current job I'm trying to be discreet and respectful and they were totally understanding about that and they even actually asked me to do a zoom call but it was again gonna have to be during work hours and I said I I can't unless it's outside of work like I just unless you want to wait until I have a patient opening that I can take PTO (laughs) like And they were like, no, I totally understand. We'll do it over the phone, which I would encourage Zoom. I mean, Zoom or in-person interviews if you can. I It was kind of a bummer that I couldn't, but it was the reality of the situation that would have been way too obvious. And there was one t- instance I did have to use PTO, like at the end of the day, to actually go see the clinic. That was kind of challenging to like request that, but I didn't lie. I said I had an appointment, which was true. It was just not like a medical appointment. It's an appointment for a different job. (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately, like PTO belongs to you and that's your business. Yep. If your manager is willing to approve it, it doesn't matter what you're doing with your time off. It's your time off. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. (laughs) I will say that. There's no (laughs) way to make it comfortable, I don't think. Unless you were comfortable, Kara. (laughs) 
Well, so the first interview, because I was working tens at that job too. So the HR interview, I was able to schedule on my day off, but for whatever reason, for the second interview, we were not able to schedule it on my day off and it had to be during the work day. So when he called me, I was just sitting at my desk in the middle of the clinic and he was asking me these questions and I was just sitting there. I was like, yep, just answering his questions and talking. (laughs) Yeah. But at that point too, it was like, cause it wasn't even just a pay thing. Like that wasn't the only reason why I left. Like that would be really silly to just leave a job for that alone. It was just like everything about like the culture and there was just some like petty high school, almost like borderline bullying, talking behind people's backs in my Ugh. clinic. And Ooh. it's just very, very productivity based to be like my manager and even people above my clinic director would be like looking at my documentation and my billing. And as a non-pelvic therapist would tell me that I should be billing differently and that I should be doing different things to bill optimally, aka to like bill more units and make more money for the clinic and it was it was getting bored it was pretty unethical from my standpoint so there's just a lot of red flags where it's like I can't stay here anymore like this is not not the right job for me and at the end of the day it was my license and I was like I'm not willing to do that to make them happy (laughs) yeah for sure I'm gonna go all right any last comments we want to make before we go to hot tips I think the last thing that I would say is I know that notifying your current employer when you're leaving is also challenging, but I would say similar to what Kara mentioned like way earlier in this pod of PT is a small world. If you can help it and if you can like try not to burn any bridges, I still have, like I said, I loved my last job and I tried to leave as respectfully as I could. And I think it went, I mean, well. I I don't feel like I left with any with a bad taste in anyone's mouth. And so with that being said, like give as much notice as you can because it's respect. Like don't if you take a job a month out and you're going to wait 2 weeks in advance to like give your 2 weeks, maybe consider giving them like 3, you know? I mean, it's just a matter of just respect and saying like, "Hey, you were my employer. I did work for you for a while. I'm going to try and give you as much notice as I can. But however, you also have to wait until you have an offer and you have accepted another offer because you don't want to get a verbal offer from somebody, quit your job. And then they're like, well, the pandemic hit. And like, that would have been a perfect example (laughs) of why not to do that. So you have to kind of balance both those things, which is also like uncomfortable and challenging, but ultimately, hopefully it's for the best for you personally, which is what matters the most. And I will say too, that even though I was very bitter about my job, I still gave four weeks notice. Like I still followed what kind of their protocol was. I participated in their exit interview before I left the job and I was very honest about it and I was as nice about it as I possibly could be. And I still have friends that work for that same company. I still am in contact with people that head their pelvic health department. And so I feel like I did it as gracefully as I could. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, in my current job, they wanted me to start like two weeks after they gave me a verbal offer. And I told them no. And I Mm -hmm. said like, out of respect for my current job, I need to at minimum give them two weeks and I would love to give them four if you're willing. And we compromised on three. So (laughs) I felt, I felt okay about that in the end because I knew I had negotiated for more time, but 
yeah, giving you have to abide by what the what the company policy is. Otherwise, you're going to burn some bridges and that's yeah, nobody nobody wants to have like a bad name out there in the PT world. Good. All right. So, um now that we've talked, let's get some hot tips from someone who really knows what she's talking about. Linda. Um, Linda. Okay, so um, all of these have to do with negotiating. First off, and I thought this was really good, and I get advice from this this young lady a lot, so this is a good one for her. Um, when negotiating, make sure that you talk about what skills and abilities you bring to the table, not how much money you need to pay your bills. Yeah, yeah. That's a your good bills one. don't matter right now. Not, not bills, just skills. <laughs> she didn't say it that way, I promise. <laughs> I loved that, though. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, number two, negotiation should not be confrontational. So even though it it is, you know, kind of a back and forth, it shouldn't feel like you're fighting over it. Like this is your potential employers. And the last one is when negotiating, it's helpful to think in terms of percentages when you're thinking about like how much more you can negotiate for. So like if to make it an easy number, and I, it's a number I'd take if you're if, if it was a hundred thousand dollars was the was the offer asking for $105,000 is 5% more, but asking for $120,000 is 20% more. And thinking about those percentages can be helpful for what is maybe a realistic ask mm. versus a, a less than realistic ask. Yeah. I think that was a really good point about stating your skills because if you're going to ask for more money, you need to be able to back it up. And that's very hard as a new grad because you're fresh out of school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but once you have like some continuing ed or some certification of some kind, maybe a specialty, like that's really where you have a little bit more leverage. For sure. All right. That's enough of that. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we are going to play Mad Libs. So Woo! this is how we're going to do this. I have an app on my phone. We're going to Mad Libs oh boy. it. You are. We're going to go back and forth. Maggie, Kara. Maggie, Kara. Maggie, Kara. You're going to come up with the first word that comes to your mind when I give you a prompt. And then at the end, we'll read it and we'll all have lots of LOLs. Ready? <laughs> all right. So our theme is letter of recommendation. Because I thought that was fitting. <laughs> Nice. Good one. All right. So, Maggie, first, give me a relative. Aunt. Kara. Person in room male. What? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, Like a, a male person that might be <laughs> like, in a room? Like someone's name? Like person sure. that's in a room that's male. Okay. Uh, The only thing coming to mind is Wendell, <laughs> which is my cat. <laughs> Wendell, the cat. Next. Maggie, give me a noun. A person, can, place, or thing. I understand. <laughs> um, the Golden Gate Bridge. Kara, adjective. Goopy. Loopy or goopy? Goopy with a G. Goopy. Got it. Maggie, a school. Gonzaga. I already knew that. I, I could have typed it before you even said it. Predictable. Kara, verb ending in ing. Swimming. Maggie, a plural noun. Plural noun. Scissors. Era, type of game. Categories. Maggie, adjective. Sticky. Goopy and sticky. The flipping. I know. <laughs> I should have picked something different. 
Kara, plural noun. Um, clocks. We are halfway through. <laughs> oh boy. Stick with me. I'm sweating. Maggie, same noun, singular. Scissor? Or, or clock. Clock. <laughs> clock. I think it's Probably clock. clock. Or adjective, Kara. Uh, pink. Adjective, Maggie. Another? Another one. Um, Soft. Kara, animal. Anteater. Maggie, another animal. A duck. Kara, a noun. Candlestick. Maggie, another adjective. That's a lot of adjectives. Um, <laughs> Very descriptive. Bouncy. Ooh. Kara, another noun. Um, fork. Maggie, another adjective. Wow. <laughs> Sharp. Almost there. Kara, another noun. Noun. Uh, cactus. Hmm. That's sharp. All right. Here we are. <laughs> da, 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 da. All right. Here is the letter of recommendation that any of you listeners can use for your next job. <laughs> we will all sign off on this. Oh, great. <clears throat> Dear director, I would like to recommend my aunt, Wendell the cat, for the job of assistant to the Golden Gate Bridge in your goopy <laughs> camp. He has just graduated from Gonzaga and he has a degree in swimming. Nice job, Wendell. <laughs> a smart he has cat. had experience te teaching scissors how to play categories. He is <laughs> ambitious and sticky. <laughs> Wendell. During Probably school true. vacations, he used to work delivering for clocks um, at our neighborhood clock store. He is a loyal and pink person and will make a very soft counselor because oh, he yeah. will work like an anteater. He is smart <laughs> as a duck. He is also as honest as the candlestick is long. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I promise you that this bouncy fork will make a very sharp counselor for your cactus. Love, Carly, Maggie, and Kara oh, of PTPOV. Wow. Yay, Wendell. He's meowing outside the door right now, too. He knows we're talking about him. He's ready Wendell, to... you're hired. That's all Wendell, I you're say. about to get a job! <laughs> it's time to pay the rent, buddy. I know. He's been living here for free for too damn long. <laughs> all right, guys. It's been a pleasure. See you next Likewise. time. Thank you for listening to another episode of PTPOV. Like and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. As usual, let us know your feedback on Instagram. See you next time.